Well, you heard him. <laughs> here we go. Here, here we go. Here we go. Here Everybody, we go. Hey, how's your heads out there? A little, <laughs> little weird sometimes. Yeah. A little weird sometimes. Yeah. Well, how's your concentration, your anxiety levels? How's, how's that? A- anxiety a little high. Uh, concentration difficult okay. sometimes. So here's the deal. Our sponsor, Melt Premium Mushroom Chocolates, has just a thing to brighten up your day, to make you feel a little better, to help you through the weird labyrinth that we're all living in right now. Melt Premium Mushroom Chocolates contain four grams of their sacred mushroom blend, grown with the intention of reverence. They aim to honor this ancient medicine by using only the finest organic, fair trade, and sustainably grown ingredients. They grow all the mushrooms themselves, and they make the chocolates themselves. And this is family creating some of the best mushroom chocolate out there, period. Yep. So here's the deal. They are hooking up the No Simple Road family. Follow them at Melt Mushrooms. That's M-E-L-T-M-U-S-H-R-O-O-M-S on Instagram. Shoot them a DM. Tell them that No Simple Road sent you, and they are going to give you $20 off your your first first order. Yeah. Yeah. All their bars contains Lion's Mane, which has a list of health benefits. A few are improves brain function, memory, promotes health energy levels, combats fatigue, slows biological aging, etc. There's 10 flavors and they're hooking you up, man. So if you were looking for the best mushroom chocolate out there, period, well, you found it. Here it is, man. <laughs> Follow them on Instagram at Melt Mushroom Chocolates and get $20 off your first bar. We are getting ready to head to Dick's. Yeah. Mel? Yes. What is it, like 13, 12 days from today or something like that? Um, it's a very short time. Yeah, 13 days. I know a lot of people that are headed to Dick's for the very first time. And, you know, those people could obviously ask us about the venue. But if you don't know us or don't know how to get in touch with us or you're going to another venue, you've never been there before, head over to Venue Llama. They are the online resource for all things that have to do with the venues all the insider venue intel from people like us that go to shows. Yeah. Yes. We, and, and we talk about what's the bathroom situation like? What's it like to get through security? How far is this parking lot? How, how far do I have to drag my merch after the show? And, and they are doing an entire lead up to Dick's, uh, everything you ever needed to know about Dick's. They have their own podcast going on, which I was lucky enough to be a guest on their show nice job babe venuelama.com is where live music fans share helpful venue insider intel and reviews based on their own experience a place where pro showgoers can quickly review venues and exchange seriously helpful venue intel with one another head over to venuelama.com today to sign up for your free llama account and start reviewing venues today this is us giving us the scoop on places that we didn't already know about. And this is dope. <laughs> Somebody even breaks it down like what it will cost you for transportation in the area around Dick's. Yeah, there was this a whole thing about like, um, what do you call it? How the, to get there? No, no. Like the ride sharing, how ride sharing was such a nightmare. Remember a couple yes, of years ago it was trying pretty to bad. <laughs> stumble around in the dark and find your Uber. There's like a whole breakdown on Venue Llama of like where and how and what. That is very helpful. Yeah. So helpful. So go check out Venue Llama, everybody. They have the goods over there on what you need to know before you go. You tired of wearing that same old thing to every show? 
Yes, actually, I am. Well, I got, <laughs> I, 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 I got news for you. You can go over to our awesome sponsor, Shop Tour Bus. I can. Why? Why would I want to do that? Because you can get the most comfortable, dopest tees that are inspired by Grateful Dead lyrics. And they are cryptic. So some of them do have words on them now, mm-hmm. but that they did. It's it's not what you're going to see on the lot, not your regular steely and, you know, the bolt and all that. And in fact, they have a new design that they just dropped on on Jerry's date of death, the morning dew. And it is beautiful. And it's going to come in a hand design or an all over print box. There's going to be all kinds of extras on the inside. And because this is the Grateful Dead family doing what we do best, they are hooking people up, some of you, with a real cassette tape bootleg, bootleg. in your order. Bootleg. So you're going to get whatever you order, your hoodie, hat, your stickers, and your box, and all the cool extras and all that. And then there's this like other piece of Grateful Dead history and magic in your box sometimes that just is an added little bonus because Shop Tour Bus is fucking rad. Yeah, and, they are. And... They're so rad that they are hooking the No Simple Road family up with free shipping. When you check out, make sure you put in the promo code No Simple Road, all one word, and you are going to get free shipping from our family over at Shop Tour Bus. So go to shoptourbus.com and make sure to follow them at Shop Tour Bus on Instagram. Deciding what to eat at lunch or dinner time is probably the most confounding question in many workplaces <laughs> and households around our country this is a dilemma oh, yeah. that is uh sweeping the nation and <laughs> we oh, yeah, are here to help you solve this ever-growing problem yeah we're gonna give you one more awesome option no we're gonna give you the only option Ooh. yeah we are gonna have you go to our sponsor fire on the mountain that's right if you are in portland or denver this problem is finished for you three locations here in portland two locations in denver you can go to fire on the mountain you can get amazing the most amazing chicken wings burgers salads pizzas monthly every month they have special new specials at each location and new sauces or rubs for their wings so it's constantly yep. changing You're constantly as well changing. as their regulars this, this is true that's right they got a mango habanero sauce a blackberry habanero sauce szechuan peppercorn sauce and much more and if you're not in one of these places, you can go to portlandwings.com and pick up a bottle of their sauce online. You can also get some of their swag. And hey, man, you know what? This is the Grateful Dead family doing it right, making sure that your bellies are full. And hey, if you're vegan or if you're a vegetarian and you're like, who cares, Aaron? It's chicken. Their it's- salad game is on point. They even have vegan wings. That's man. right. With it, like a sugar cane bone. It's vegan nachos with vegan cheese. Like mm-hmm. they got you taken care of no matter what you like. And and hey, you, you could go eat anywhere, I guess it's true. But when you go somewhere like this, it's an, an entire experience. You're experiencing a beautiful music. There's amazing people that work there. The food is dope as shit. And you know, it's cooked by your family. So go check out Fire on the Mountain. Three locations in Portland, two locations in Denver. And you know what? When you go in there, tell them No Simple Road sent you. Fire on the mountain. No Simple Road is stoked to have Sunset Lake CBD back with us. As our sponsor, Sunset Lake is the real deal. If you've looked around trying to find CBD and it just didn't do what it was supposed to do, this is the place you need to go. 
They've got every kind of product you can imagine, including CBD tinctures with sleep gummies that are great for getting to bed, CBD gummy bears and reishi-infused chews that can help bring you a little bit of calm in a stressful day. They've got salve. They've got smokable hemp flower that's great for folks like me that don't want to get stone and paranoid but want to have the benefits of cannabis well now you got it and they even carry cbd products for your pets man i'm saying this is darwin approved stuff go over to sunsetlakecbd.com and check out the full range of what they have this is vermont grown right to your door and they're giving you 20 percent off so put in the promo code nsr20 when you're checking out you're going to get 20 percent off your whole order and i know you're going to love it They even have subscription options open for you, so you don't forget to get your medicine. Go check out Sunset Lake CBD, everybody. No simple road. Yeah, here we go. to tell y'all a little something no simple road is going to be appearing live at ophelia's electric soapbox in denver colorado on august 30th with andy frasco's world saving podcast he's going to have todd glass as his guest we are going to have none other than the great banjo virtuoso from the infamous string dusters chris pandolfi joining us it is the night before the dicks run over in denver and uh, hey man Come hang out with us. It's going to be a blast. Tickets are going fast. You can go to nosimpleroad.com to get your tickets. There's a link there. You can also go to the Ophelia's website, and there is a ticketing link there as well. Grab your tickets now, man. They is going to sell out, and I would hate for any of the No Simple Road family to be out in the cold. There's nothing we can do for you once the once the show starts, man. So grab your tickets. Come hang out with us. Have a blast the night before the Dick's Run starts, and uh, we'll see you there. Can't wait. And also, hey, man. No Simple Road is part of Osiris Media, and there are a bunch of other amazing podcasts on Osiris. And hey, while you're at it, when you're done with this No Simple Road episode, you can go check out Chris Pandolfi's Inside the Musician's Brain, because Chris is going to be joining us at Ophelia's, and he does an amazing podcast. He just had Mike Gordon on his show. I would suggest if you're heading to Dick's and you're going to come see us at Ophelia's, you should probably listen to the Pandolfi episode. Um, and then you'll, you'll know more about Mike Gordon and stuff. So that is, that is our, our little blurb before the, the train starts rolling. So here we go. Let's, let's go. And then I just hit record and, and here we go like that. Just like that. We're back. And then it starts recording things and it captures our voices for prosperity. Not for pro. Well, hopefully for <laughs> prosperity and posterity was the word you were looking posterity for. There, there. Yeah. Hey now, <laughs> no super family. This is Aaron. This is Mel. And this is Apple. And we are back for another fun-filled episode of No Simple Road. Our guests this week are Corey Walker and Harry Clark of East East Nash Nash Grass. Grass. Yeah. If you are not hip to the East Nash Grass train, you better jump on and buckle up, son. It's time to go for a ride because this is a blue gas train is leaving the station at like a thousand miles an hour. And uh, 
<laughs> I don't know. I can't, that's the end of that tirade. Yeah. Somebody pick up, pick up. The, well, that, this is perfect timing for this release because you were listening to this on Friday, August 18th, and their new album comes out today. Oh, that's right. look at us on time. With yeah. The release. Hmm. It's like somebody knew what they were doing. I, I didn't. I, this was. Synchronous. You know what you're doing. You just didn't plan this. No, I didn't plan it. <laughs> um, so you'll notice that we're back. <laughs> we weren't here on Monday. And uh, I apologize to all of you, especially. You uh, apologize for getting sick? You, I, I'm getting there. Let me, let me, it's a podcast. <laughs> right, right? He, Never mind. I was sick. Okay, we're moving on. <laughs> well, hey, everybody can hear it in our voice, in, especially in your voice. The conductor's voice is, is uh, run, not, run yeah, down not, a little. Not right. Um, yeah, man. Uh, Mel and I, uh, we got the plague this week. <laughs> we, and, got the plague. <laughs> we did, man. And uh, We did. Like, it started on Saturday and then, um, but we usually record on Sunday afternoon and by Sunday afternoon, Mel actually came oh, home. Oh no, from- it started for me like Saturday night at Bad, at Bad, Not Good. Yeah. yeah, we went, I went to Bad, Bad, Not Good and I felt it and came home, went to bed. I was already in bed with a fever. Went to bed and I was literally f- more than fine enough to go to a concert. And then I come home and go to work in the morning like nothing and came home by like three hours into my shift and was like slept for 26 hours. So <laughs> we, we know when, when when Mel's not feeling when you came walking in that morning, I was like, oh, oh no, shit. I, I uh, you all know Mel f- from listening to the show like. This is a, a woman with infinite amounts of energy. And she came walking in our room and it was like 10 o'clock in the morning. And no, it, and it she, was eight. eight and she, yeah. had, she had been at work. And I was like, you're home from work? And, and she said, not feeling good. And just like stripped off her clothes and fell in the bed and didn't get out of the bed until the next day. I, I didn't see her till Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah. yeah, it went the the rewind was not happening. So I apologize. I I, uh, I, I wasn't rewinding anything for mm, anyone. No, the the tape was <laughs> all unspooled. Eaten. Yeah, it, was it would not have been bad. gay. It would have been like, yeah, I'm really excited. <laughs> I mean, we'll we'll get to the to the interview here in just a second. But I, I understand that like when you're sick, it you're off, right? Like your head is not the way it normally would be. Yeah, you're nothing's and right. And that's part of being ill, right? But this was like weird. I was so I couldn't concentrate. I was like I felt like my head was traveling next to my body on a little weird string. Mm-hmm. And yeah, man, and I'm still I, that was Saturday today is it's almost been a week. Yeah, I actually feel okay. I just, same thing, like, I, I just don't feel like I'm with us, you know, like, every, everyone's present. here, but I'm I'm not all the way here. Yeah, I've seen a few times today, like, Mel and I were playing badminton in our driveway earlier today, and we took a break for a minute, and we just sat down, and we both were just, like, silent, uh-huh. <laughs> looking out at the foliage, like, brain scans just like that and it's been a week so i i say all that to say if we miss a monday 
There's a damn good reason why. It yeah, happened. you know, it has happened quite a bit over the last few. Twice. Well, it was the second twice. one in a while. Yeah. Wasn't there three? I feel like there was three. No, no, we, we've been we've been late. Okay. By by a day or so, but no, we've been we never pretty steady. Yeah. Bagged it. Yeah this this is really the first day that we f- I feel like it would have like it's yeah. good it's good enough to do something. The, the thought in my head was like. <laughs> I could physically go down there and turn the stuff on and sit down to do the whatever, but what would come out of my mouth would nonsense, be no- nonsense. Yeah, and no, I didn't even have it to sit uh, sit down like no. over here. I had no ability to like do anything that was creative. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it just it, wasn't. It was it was pretty bad. I I didn't get whatever they had. I had other issues, allergy stuff and I when these two, especially Melanie, are as sick as they were, it, it was kind of scary. Almost yeah. like like are they all right? And I like I, like don't breathe on me. <laughs> I was cleaning Ew. everything in the kitchen extra like Thank okay. you. Thank you. So thank you to everybody that reached out to us. Uh, especially you Eli thank you for posting that funny meme <laughs> searching for Monday's episode and being frustrated <laughs> I appreciated cute. that it was cute love you, brother. I loved it too um, and uh, thanks everybody for giving a shit if we show up or not and yeah uh, we, we love y'all and you're really going to be stoked on today's episode these these guys are amazingly talented musicians and pretty fucking funny and cool to boot yeah this was one of those conversations that like again just felt like talking to old friends about stuff i want to read you a little bit about east nash grass from their website i don't normally do this but they have a good like um little bio thing on their site it says bluegrass music may be one of america's traditional styles traditionals is in uh, traditional is in um quotes but at its heart It's always been wild and spontaneous. The style demands every ounce of faculty and intent that each performer can muster. It fires on all cylinders or none at all. Few bands do it as well as East Nash Grass, an ensemble of standout players from a city known for the quality of its musicians. East Nash Grass came by its name and reputation honestly, honing their performance chops night after night on a tiny stage on Music City's east side. Even now, having played many of the biggest stages in bluegrass, East Nash Grass can still be found every Monday night performing in that same Eastside bar. Dedication to a group's roots and a commitment to hard work are earmarks of great Nashville bands of all kinds, and East Nash Grass exemplifies what it means to be a bluegrass band from Nashville. Right on, guys. So, yeah, that is that is very good. Yep, yep. So, hey... And- er- Go ahead, Apple. Oh, I was just going to throw in there real quick. Go over eastnashgrass.com to find out. Uh, they're going out on tour, and they're playing some awesome festivals. They are playing Folk in Bluegrass Fest 2023 in Tennessee, Picking in the Pines down in Flagstaff, Arizona. You'll be able to catch them at Billy Strings Renewal Festival right in on. Colorado. They're going out with Yonder Mountain String Band. I mean, they're getting around. So go check it out. Find out if they're coming anywhere near you and make sure to see them. Yeah, man. And like Apple said, the album is coming out today. Today. Yes. So go stream it, download it, buy it. And look, we've talked about this plenty of times on the show before, but 
especially nowadays, please, when these bands that you hear on the show come through your town, buy the tickets in advance, mm-hmm. go to the show, and buy yourself some merch. Yes. These guys, man, are working their asses off. It's getting a little harder out there. Everybody is feeling it in their pocketbook when they go to the grocery store, when they go to the movies, when they gas up their car, and especially the musicians that are out there traveling. No, not especially. Everyone's feeling it. So when you can, you know, kick them down. Yeah, man. You know, you're going to go to the show, buy the ticket on, you know, immediately. Let them know uh, in advance that you love them. Yeah. yeah, it's a big deal. It really is. Yeah, it really is a big deal. And it it lets them know ahead of time that they have a little breathing room. And a little breathing room for a musician is a big thing, man. So if they're coming through your town, buy yourself a ticket, go see them. I promise you will not be bummed out afterwards. And then to add one thing, too, to say, these guy, these guys and girl. Don't forget about Maddie on the oh, fiddle. Maddie. She tears yeah. it. Oh my up. gosh! Yeah, damn. Go, go on YouTube, like Apple always said too, man. Because yeah, this is a, a sight to behold. These these folks doing their thing. Um, we are going to get you to the interview here in just a second. We're going to do the business real quick. Follow No Simple Road at No Simple Road on the social media platforms. Go to www.nosimpleroad.com. Sign up for our newsletter. Check out our calendar of events. Get a tarot reading with the Grateful Dead Tarot Deck by Mel and I. Buy yourself some merch. That's the whole website thing. We do have a Patreon. That's how we we pay for our stuff. You can't really go to a No Simple Road show, sort of, now yet. But for right now, that is us coming through your town. That's our Patreon. And and that's like how you would support us by buying a ticket is by going on Patreon, right? Yep. And... We're not just throwing you the podcast. We are producing a whole other podcast on Patreon for our patrons only that you are not able to listen to if you're not a Patreon subscriber. And I feel sad for you because of that. Yeah. And, and, and you don't have to feel, <laughs> we feel sad for you. Don't feel sad for yourself. I mean, like you said, a, a dollar, a dollar a month. Yeah. Yeah. Or, uh, up to a million yeah, you, or, you or could, more. You could do more. We, we're not going to say no. So go to patreon.com forward slash no simple road. And then the other thing you can do is go over to Apple Podcast and you can leave us a review, which we finally got what? one. The Someone? last one Fuck since yeah. May 13th. So here, wow. we, here we go. Do that five star, but then you can be so kind as to go on and just give a little something for us. So this is as good as it gets. Aww. Five stars. Uh, M- MYTK421. Right on. This podcast has quickly risen to the top of episodes that I look forward to every week. Aww. The team is as real as it gets. I like that we're a team. We are a team. Aaron, yeah. Mel, and Apple have a way of making you feel like you're in the room with them catching up with old friends. Honest discussion and great interviews that give you a real sense of who the artist is in capitals. Ooh, I love that. Rather than only what they do for a living. The recent move to two episodes a week was spot on. Oh, right on. I love catching up with the NSR fam as much as the interviews. A refreshing and inspiring podcast that is full of laughs, life, and love. Oh. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We, you know, (laughs) it's difficult to do something creative. It's doubly difficult to do something creative where you just post it up on the internet and then there's no reverb back. What? And those, 
We got a little. Those reviews are part of that reverb that we get back. Yeah. And that's how we know we're doing a good job, y'all. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. Absolutely. For for saying that. It means the world to us that, you know, we're putting it on the line, too. And uh, we love all you. And we We appreciate when you when you let us know that we're doing a good job. So go there and and leave us a review. And then don't forget about the ever ongoing tepid line. Oh, yeah. We we do have another one, but we're gonna we're gonna save it. I think we'll maybe put it in the rewind this week or something. Okay, well then that number is nine seven one eight zero eight fifteen twenty four. That number again is nine seven one eight zero eight fifteen twenty four. Operators are not standing by. It's a Google line. You can call and leave a three minute message about anything you want. So do it. Yeah, do it. Like if you're up at three in the morning and and you're bored and you want something to do, those are great ones. Yes. Call three in the morning and tell us something. Or 301. <laughs> anyway, let's get to the conversation with the gents from East Nash Grass, shall let's we? Let's do it. I think we shall. Without further ado, the No Simple Rogue crew gives you Corey and Harry of East Nash Grass.
mouth. Yeah. Thanks for joining us today. Why don't you gentlemen introduce yourselves to the folks that are out there listening to us. Tell them who you are and what you do. All right. Well, my name is Harry Clark and I play mandolin for the East Nash Grass. And uh, I'm Corey Walker and I play banjo with East Nash Grass. Well, I have to say that we, uh, we have been really, really digging what you guys do, man. It's uh, super, super cool. Oh, thank you. Thanks yeah. a lot. I am um, really curious with this particular outfit, how, cause there's six of you, right? Yes. Yeah. So how, how did this band come together? Mm. Mm. Well, it started as a, uh, as a, as a bar gig. Um, <laughs> the first, uh, first rendition of it had Corey playing guitar actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, your brother, Jared, playing mandolin i played bass and a banjo player named ryan cavanaugh was playing banjo and he kind of put the gig together mm-hmm. um before he came up with the name mm-hmm. of course you know <laughs> naturally naturally <laughs> naturally great and um yeah so uh you know ryan put the gig together and i think our, our buddy luke monday was the one who told ryan about it is that correct yeah i think so okay nice yeah and joe duda and um so anyway we played that one gig and ryan was like i'm gonna pass this on if you want to take it over take it and uh so i'd have some some people come in weekly and play it with me after about four weeks i met this fella at the station inn uh by the name of james key okay um yeah (laughs) and i asked him to come play and he's like yeah man i'll come play you know and so he showed up and played one show and it's just like naturally he needed to be there every week and he was down to be there every week so he joined up and through uh throughout the years we we uh came across uh cory of course cory tell him about how you joined the band oh uh, well uh great question harry thanks so much <laughs> i love this banter keep it going well um like harry said i was kind of there in the beginning and then i couldn't do it for a while and uh and then I came back playing banjo and, uh, you know, it was like, like he said, you know, it was kind of a, a put together bar gig mm-hmm. in for, for, uh, you know, bluegrass musicians who were in the group or would come and go or whatever. Yeah. Right. But it was kind of like a core there, uh, started being established after a while. And, uh, yeah, and then shortly, shortly after, well, no, no, it was you and James, and then Maddie Denton, our fiddle player, came in, and uh, and then I came in, came back, and then uh, and then uh, Jeff Saunders joined on bass. We always have Jeffs as our bass player. Now it's Jeff Picker, not to be confused with Jeff Picker. Um, but. Uh, and then and uh we brought in Gavin Largent on Dobro. Uh and yeah, and we cut the first record. Right right when uh murmurs, you know, uh started happening about the pandemic. Great Whoa. great timing. So tw- so yeah. about March, yeah. February, March of twenty twenty. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That's exactly right. And we got in the studio and nobody really knew what was happening yet. And uh, you know. There was there was really no understanding of what we were getting ready yeah. to be in or right. just 
as a world, you know. Mm -hmm. And so we got in the studio and recorded our first album. And uh, and then uh, we're like, man, this is this is a real thing. And uh, and then we just uh, recorded and uh, are releasing our second record uh, to be out shortly. Last Chance to Win is the name of the project. Wow. Solid, solid story, origin story for any superhero band needs to have a good origin story. <laughs> um, you know, starting when you did at the beginning of COVID like that, like you said, we didn't know what was going to happen, man. The world turned upside down and we all got locked in our houses for a year plus or whatever. But yeah, now that we've had some time to like have hindsight with it, do you think that that time that we had that you had to focus on your stuff and not be like promoting an album or being out on the road, do you think it helped you guys or hurt you guys? Maybe both. Yeah, probably both. I'd have to say. Yeah. Really? How so? I don't know, man. You stay home long enough and you start getting cabin fever, you know? <laughs> Tell me about it. Yeah. Definitely everyone probably has now experienced a good dose of cabin fever because of that. Mm -hmm. But um, also, I guess guess the positive side is had a lot of time to to focus on uh, on things that you could do inside your house, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Works out great um, to play music in your house. <laughs> Do we talk to, we've talked to a lot of musicians that like found a lot of inspiration through that time. And it, it actually like turned out to be really good. They did a lot of writing and, and, um, a lot of side projects yeah. that they'd wanted to do for years, but were always on the road and found the time to do it. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt about that. I mean, the scheduling would have been pretty impossible at the time. At the time, everybody was playing with other bands, and this was a, a new thing, you know. Mm -hmm. So, so not having to be out on the road with, um, you know, all the guys that we were playing with, uh, it, you know, it just kind of uh, created the the environment what, for that to happen. One thing I got to say that we were lucky enough to be able to do, though, during the pandemic, that not everyone had the opportunity to do, was go to uh, kind of our origin bar d's uh, mm -hmm. country cocktail in madison and uh even when things were closed down we were still able to you know gather there and uh you know have a safe spot to to live stream some live music to people you know wow. and that's kind of uh that kind of kept us alive during that time as a band too you know was that really having that was really uh really good for all of us. I know it was, it was like great therapy and great, just fun. Something to do, you know, something to really look forward to. Yeah. At that time. That was you know, a lot of people. Yeah. Saving. Like, and a place to, you know, to gather and play music. Yeah. That was a lot of people saving grace was those live streams that people did like for the musicians and the viewers alike. We needed to see something fresh and new and, heartfelt and like i don't know like you said you can go there weekly like it we, everybody wanted something to like look forward to you know it was such a good time for that and making you appreciate that and thank god you guys had that like with the other bands was it just not um 
because everybody was kind of in other projects, was those other ones too hard to maintain? And this one was just easier. Like how did, how did it shift away from other people's bands into this band? Mm-hmm. Well, I, uh, I spent a lot of time playing with the band, uh, in Kentucky called the Wooks. And, <laughs> a great um, name, man. Yeah. Yeah. Killer name. And, uh, you know, um, I, uh, I'd lived up in, they're all from kind of the Lexington area. And, um, I'd lived up there for a while, but I moved back to Nashville. And, uh, so yeah, you know, when, when all that hit, um, you know, our gigs immediately got canceled and I was just not playing with them. So East Nashville ass was kind of like really what I had at the time. You know? Okay. It's like a, a happy accident sort of seems like, you know, we're, we're out here in Portland, Oregon and, um, you know, the bluegrass scene down south is so rich. The tradition is so rich. The history of it so deep. But from our perspective out here, it really does seem, and you're wearing a Billy String shirt, so it seems like with the rise of people like Billy Strings and Green Sky Bluegrass and String Dusters, that there really is like a, a bluegrass revival kind of happening right now. From, no doubt. From our, so is it like that for you guys down there? Are you seeing it too? Or, or is it something that's been going on and we just didn't see it? Well, um, it's definitely happening. And, uh, you know, the Billy Strings shirt is, I just have to support my brother who plays mandolin with Billy, you know? Oh. Yeah. I, you know, it's not, I, I don't really like Billy. No, I'm just <laughs> I, think, I think what Billy has done is, uh, you know, bigger than anything that's ever happened to bluegrass really besides the creation of it, you know, right. My, in my opinion. Um, but it, it feels like, you know, there's a, a much bigger world out there for bluegrass than what people thought, you know, yeah. for years and years and years, you know, you'd have things like, Oh brother. And, you know, where, where there's more of an interest and it comes back down, but, but what he's done has really, opened up the floodgates like in an awesome way so yeah man like the the background of bluegrass in in my world was like jerry garcia band olden in the way you know that's that's basically what i knew of bluegrass until maybe six years ago you know what i mean and i think you're absolutely right man like what billy strings has done for bluegrass is monumental in that it's not just hippies and people from the South listening to bluegrass anymore. It's kids that were into metal and people that are into Prague and people that are yeah. into bluegrass and kind of dissolved genre a little bit. But I think that there's a, I've noticed a wider discussion of like the traditional bluegrass guys kind of taking umbrage with what Billy's done. Where do you, where do you stand on like the traditional new grass argument well most people that that i'm really friends with uh would say that it's there's no there's no discussion like billy can play all the straight stuff mm-hmm. and just absolutely kill it yeah he loves bluegrass yeah Big like first I, generation second generation bluegrass yeah i don't i don't understand um i don't understand the argument you know like i it's really 
stupid to me. It really is. <laughs> well said. It's, it's, um, it's like you've got, you know, how who knows how many, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of people standing in an arena dancing to, you know, like, uh, you know, Stanley Brothers or right. or Larry Sparks or, or Platt and Scruggs songs, you know, it's like, sorry, end of discussion. Like, and then, <laughs> and then, he's, doing, then he's doing all of all of his stuff, you know, and he's he's creating his own type of sound. And he already has yeah. like years ago, but he continues to to mold it, you know, and just I don't I don't understand how how people and I don't really come across many of them uh how how people can not be down or even just like so excited or love the music itself that's happening with Billy and and those guys you know well I, I would include you guys in that too man I mean it's it's yeah it's it's a look well a movement it, it takes a lot of people i mean billy maybe have like you know kind of spearheaded and opened up wide in the path but it's people like you mountain grass unit and sickard hollow and all these different like even mm-hmm. fretland we've had them yeah cabinet we've had so many on that are like doing like their share to show what bluegrass can do because it really did seem so narrow and you mm-hmm. know maybe like one-sided but i really think it's just because people weren't paying attention they weren't looking they were looking at maybe the same songs you know the same old flat and scrug songs with no variation and once you start right. diving in and hearing all these things it's i mean it's hard to still call it bluegrass it's something like yeah. evolved into this beautiful complex um all, all these different types of like influences in addition mm-hmm. to the traditional like it can it's only getting better like it really is such a a fresh um genre if you will i don't even want to call it a genre but a fresh oh, style yeah. you know yeah i mean it's it's really it's a rather new form of music right. you know like broadly speaking um yeah across time i mean it's yeah. it's newer than jazz or or than blues or or country music I, you know it's a yeah. little <laughs> subgenre of country right. you know but it also is it, it's everything, you know, but, uh, yeah, I think, I think one of the things that kind of helps us, uh, as a band is we've all been fortunate enough to play with, you know, really, really heavy cats, mm-hmm. you know, right. like, you know, I've played a bunch with Peter Rowan and Ricky Skaggs and, oh, shit. uh, and a bunch of, a bunch of folks and he's playing with Dan Tominsky and, you know, he's, he is the man of constant sorrow. You know, we've just been able to be amongst like guys that are really, you know, heavy, heavy cats, you know? Yeah. I, I've heard other musicians say that like when they play with guys like that, that it takes your ability and just elevates it to the millionth degree. Do you guys have that experience of like, you can do what you do, but then you play with some of these heavy guys and you're just like elevated to the next level. Yeah, man. I feel like sometimes when you're lucky enough to play with some, some of these awesome musicians, uh, like in a room, mm-hmm. in a room and make music with them, like very, 
kind of the magic of what they do. You get to like see a little bit of that and interact with it and you get to play with them. We've both played with this guy, uh, amazing guitar player, David Greer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just like kind of the best flat picker ever um, mm-hmm. here in Nashville. And uh, man, he's just, he's one of those guys who every time I play with him, I feel like I'm just kind of elevated, mm-hmm. you know, because he's just, just a magic player. Man. What, what do you think that is that like, cause okay. You can put in like the hours on your instrument. You can have chops. You have to. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But, but there's something other than that, right. That we're talking about here. These, these guys that are like insane when you're in the room with them, there's something that's happening. What do you guys think that is, man? Well, it's, a, it almost feels whether it is this or not, well, it's probably some component that plays into it. Um, it almost, it, I think you were talking about, you know, when you're actually in a room with them, it's something about like the air, you know, like oh, shit. how the air is moving, you know, the frequencies coming out of the instruments and, mm. and, and their voice, you know, and, and what they don't say mm. and what they do say when talking to them that, you know, you learn a lot from that stuff, you know, right. um, it, it, if, if you're always like a student huh. of the music, then you can like absorb information and and just uh emotion and understanding you know i I think that plays into it at least that's really well said man i i've wondered that before because you know as a music fan we're experiencing that when we go to a show and we see somebody that's great playing we're we're interacting with it on the fan level. So we're having that, we're feeling those frequencies and that air moving, but not having the opportunity to have an instrument in our hand to interact with it. It's a completely different thing on your side. And I can see how that could like affect you, you know, because it's doing that for us when we go see live music. It's a conversation, you know, for real. music you know like uh, so you know you have to you have to serve the song you have to know who whoever like if you're working for somebody mm-hmm. you have to know uh their history and what they try to get across or, or what they have tried to get across in the past and of course you can't really explain that or you know but but you learn the music and you you know like if like if we're having this conversation and I say that cat looks cool over there, you know, that actually might be kind of funny and weird or whatever, but like it would have nothing to do with what we're talking about. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess you I digress, but no, no, but what I'm saying fully understand, totally understand. And it, that's like some of the most interesting shit. Like <laughs> you, you can write music. That's amazing put out albums that's amazing but i the stuff that fascinates me is like what we're talking about here the the inner workings of all of it and like becoming a better person and a better player just by being a student all the time that's yeah that's sick man that's and i think that that right there is maybe what separates good from great is yeah. is the student mentality well, I feel like if you, if you are focused on, and, and, you know, you know, I'm a sinner just like anybody else, you know, but 
But if you focus on if you focus on trying to be good and truthful, uh, you know, and just and focus on loving people, regardless of if you like them or not, I do think that it makes it easier to work on your craft, your gift, whatever. Um, and uh, I, I also have always uh, been uh, fascinated by that. Once I realized that it really does work, or it has something to do with itself, mm-hmm. you know, like being being good, you know, being truthful, uh, and and you're playing, you know, it closes you down, you know, if you're trying to play music and and you're thinking about anything you know mm-hmm. about yourself or or how uh one of your heroes is in the crowd watching or or how you didn't like um how a conversation just went like maybe you weren't thinking and you said something but it didn't come out how you meant mm-hmm. anything like that so it it is kind of a dissolving thing you know get yourself out of the way you know blah 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 it's the same old you know, it's the same thing that we all know, but but it really is true, and it really has like major impacts on uh, how the music comes out. And I think with this band, it's good because we're all real close, and we can uh, we can just on the on the business side or anything or the music side, we can communicate a lot of times almost always without saying anything uh what what we feel like should happen and it'll make itself happen you know because you know yeah you're lucky to have found them. i love these guys yeah, I love man. Them. yeah. and that, <laughs> it seems like there's also like a certain level of <laughs> both of you are very lovable i can see from here um but what i was gonna say is like it seems like it makes you understand an even more of a telepathic kind of realm because so you've got the language of english that you all speak and then you also are expressing yourselves and speaking the language of music and then it's also the same kind of music because that's another added flavor too because you know you could be into like you know soft rock or or, or he could be into hip hop or you know like so there's like a marrying of this kind of like style so and then you have the added you know bonus like you said when you play for a while now you kind of like know each other and have business and like can like that just seems like how has that from when you first started playing to making this second album, like how has, how has that grown and changed? Well, um, you know, you're touching on some stuff there that kind of, kind of reminded me something I think about sometimes with everyone that's been in the band and it's kind of been the same band other than a few different bass players for, for a couple of years now. Um, there's just, there's this intimate thing when you play music with, with people who have studied the same kind of music as you. Um, and then you play play you know variations of that music, and then your own music with those people who've listened to the same thing that you've listened to, and kind of listened in the same way that you have. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. There's like, I feel like with with you know with everyone in the band, like we have a certain kind of humor we can even use with each other just because we've played music together in a really intimate way. It's kind of weird, but it's also it's true. Like. Mm-hmm. Like the relationship I have with everyone in the band now is uh, 
but it is because of how much music we've played together. Wow. I feel like. We were talking to some guys yesterday and, and he's sorry. And uh, um, he said, music is a way to express yourself and it's also a language other people know. And I just mm. thought that's like, so, cause you know, when you express yourself, that's from yourself, you know, you're, you're expressing whatever emotion or whatever feeling you want to get out. But then you add your buddy who's expressing himself and that's not necessarily the same, but you understand what he's saying based on that musical language that kind of bonds you together. And that, I mean, what a cool, unique thing to be able to do with six people. Like that's a lot of people. Yeah. It's crazy to go a long time and not meet many people that know your language. And then one day just end up with, with a ton of people that kind of speak that same language. So it's a little overwhelming. Congratulations on finding that. That's, that's like hitting the lottery. (laughs) Yeah. It's amazing. It's true. Apple, you have time. Oh, I oh oh it was it was about your performance and then having fun watching watching you guys. I love that there's a lot of stuff up on YouTube and a lot of it seems to be from D's and other things. And I it seems like a few of your songs like you guys are having so much fun. You're cracking each other up and the crowd. Uh, I was watching one this morning. It wasn't D's, but it was the uh, was it the cat and the kitten. The kitten and, and, and the cat. Yes. The kitten and the cat. And you guys are just like cracking. The audience is cracking up. And you guys are just having so much fun on stage. And that really shines through in what you're doing, too. Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah. Well, you know, I think I think we do that because we realize that we could do that. And, you know, when you're playing when you're playing it at a bar, you know, like it's it's different we we're born out of a bar you know the right. band really was and and when you're formed in in an atmosphere like that you know there's gonna always there's always gonna be the joker element in a yeah. bar you know i mean yeah. it's like it's ever present and um and you know we just kind of realized that we could we could act like ourselves you know this other corner of of our psyches and our our humor and what we think is funny or what we think you know is never said but <laughs> but should be or you know <clears throat> you're a lot <clears throat> you kind of have liberties to to uh to go there you know yeah, yeah. in a bar and nothing nothing crude or nothing cruel uh for that matter anything like that, but just, we just like being able to act however we want to act, you know, it's become (laughs) like kind of part of, uh, of our thing. And, uh, yeah, we have a lot more fun that way too. It's the best job ever. (laughs) You have the best job ever. And and from reading like about you guys on your bio too, it sounds like like you kind of have an advantage over other bands because, all six of you are like accomplished songwriters. I, I'm just curious, like with the new album coming out, you have you have a six people in the band, all of them writers and everything. How do you come to the process of like you, you know picking what goes on the album and collaborating and stuff? Because I imagine six of you, you all come with a bunch of writing. There, there's a lot to get through, unless you're going to put out like a double, triple album. Or <laughs> right, right. Well, there's always. Uh always you know 
always a writer around, you know, and uh, there's there's probably half the album comes from either, I know Corey wrote one with a, a fellow named Christian Ward, who's, you know, he wrote the song Red Daisy for, uh, for Billy Strings. And uh, and then Christian wrote one with Jared Walker, you know, that's, that's going to make it on the album. And uh, I wrote one as well. James wrote a song. And then, um, you know, the, we, we have so much in our repertoire, it seems like, especially with James, our lead singer, for, you know, James probably sings about 60% of the stuff, would you say? Yeah, may, maybe, maybe. Maybe like 40. You and Gavin started singing, singing a lot more a couple of years ago. It's true. James just has like a, a deep well of songs, a deep catalog of really cool kind of deep cuts that, uh, I don't know, that sound original when we play them because it's, you know, we don't ever hear them. Mm-hmm. Like this song by this country dude, Johnny Rodriguez, that we had on the album. Yeah. We yeah. would never heard that song if it wasn't for James. Yeah. And, and we learned it and uh, it's, you know, it's a cool song. It's pretty fun to play. And uh, it sounds original to us because I don't think anyone's recorded it since like the the whenever it was recorded, I have no clue when it was recorded. Wow. Yeah, like it's maybe the seventies or eighties. Yeah, maybe eighties. So, so I, I don't know. We kind of there is original stuff on the album, and there's also just kind of kind of random stuff we found throughout the the years that we thought would be fun to cover. You know. You know, um, I I do want to mention this. Uh, you know, we're up we're up for uh, the ibma the international bluegrass music awards new artist of the year but we are speaking to your point apple about having an advantage over other bands because of that we are going to start some smear campaigns (laughs) over the next couple weeks you know like how can we help um maybe come up with names like you know um just you know you know not to be like trump but i think in this way could be good, you know, like, you know, like, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe East Nash Grass, if we were making fun of ourselves, we would say, I call them easy grass. Oh, <laughs> I call them easy grass. I don't know, but, but we're going to look into that. Um, and uh, hopefully really uh, hurt, hurt some families in the process. Well, yeah, you, wanna, you definitely want to win by any means necessary. Yes. I completely get it. And uh, yeah. yeah, anything we could do to I help see like the roller stuff. skate and the elbows, you know, kind of pushing out. Yeah, yeah. The side. <laughs> well, wish, wish it was uh, that friendly. But I will, uh, if you don't mind, I will get one of y'all's emails for that and I'll reach Absolutely. out to you. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Well, when is the uh, oh. awards ceremony or show? Uh, October, October uh, something. Yeah. Uh, it's on IBMA's okay. website. We should know that, I guess. But uh, yeah. usually a, a Thursday. It's a Thursday that the awards happen. End of September, beginning of October. Okay. Okay. One more thing. We'll just like look up who you're up against as far as the award. Be like, did you know they don't like kids and puppies? Yeah. <laughs> Things like that. He's got it. Apple's got it. Okay. Just thought yeah. you should know oh, that. Great music. They, they, right. said, they said ice cream sucks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. All right. So there's this whole wide world of music out there and all these different genres and styles. And you as a young person, Corey, like you and your brother, what made Mm -hmm. you, what made you land on bluegrass, man? Uh, Our dad fell in love with it when he was 
in middle school, like eighth grade, I believe, junior mm-hmm. high. And uh, he just wanted a banjo. Um, he comes from a musical family, but they didn't play uh, bluegrass, you know. Right. His, our grandpa, dad's dad, played uh, like country style guitar and then ended up playing dobro later after we got his grandkids got into bluegrass. But uh, dad was always, you know, really good mom too but but dad had the passion for this music mm-hmm. uh you know he'd drive us and we took lessons for a couple of years and it was just it was our whole world you know that's like mm-hmm. really you know besides sports and you know fishing and whatever else uh quickly there was no more room for all the other activities because we started playing and playing in local bands and then I started playing with Sierra Hall when I was like 15, oh, so I was always shit. flying out and stuff. Yeah, so that's the that's the whole reason we moved to Nashville, you know, after high school, um, was because you know this is the central hub. Yeah, this is where you have to be if you really want to do it, you know, unless you want to like play banjo at like Disney World, and I'm not even joking, like that's like one of the best gigs you can have down there is like a corporate gig, you know, like, yeah, you, you know, know, you know, you got a captive audience, man. And, and you got, oh, yeah. you're good. They can't leave. Yeah. <laughs> they, right. yeah, totally. And you'd be so good with practice playing the same thing all the time. So you could play it yeah. like nothing, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what we always want. We don't like improv, you know? <laughs> well, shit. I think I'm thinking about quitting, yeah, quitting this. That sounds like you're going to work game, at man. Disney World. Yeah, Eric. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Harry, what about you? Well, um, man, for as long as I can remember, I just, uh, you know, I wanted to play something, some sort of music because it was always around. And not just bluegrass, but like uh like I think my earliest memory of anything was uh my dad had a cassette tape of Full Moon Fever, the Tom Petty album. That's like my earliest memory of music, probably. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, Oak Brother had come out and I'd heard that uh album because my folks got that and I thought it was cool, you know. My brother had taken some guitar lessons and I tried to take guitar lessons, but when I was really young, my hands were too small and I couldn't do it. Um, so anyway, I was kind of bummed out for a few years, and then my mom met this guy at college. We moved to this town in central Arkansas. I'm from Arkansas, that's where I grew up. And uh, man, my mom met this guy who taught at college, and she was, you know, telling me, you know, I got this son who plays guitar, and another son that tried to play guitar, but his hands are too little to play guitar. You know, he said, Well, he could probably play a mandolin. And uh, so my mom took me to take one lesson with him, and uh, he showed me three chords. I kind of got hooked. And uh, played for a few months, you know, and kind of like listened to like some Irish music or anything I could find with mandolin. I didn't really know much about bluegrass. But a few months later, uh, my uh, my dad took me and my brother to see uh, Ricky Skaggs and Kentucky Thunder. Oh, shit. Yeah, exactly. That's what I said. And, uh, and then and then you had to go to your room. Then I had to go to my room. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 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 But yeah, it blew my mind, man. Uh, because Skaggs was just the king of, and still is kind of the king of just ripping fast on a mandolin. He, just, he played so ungodly quick and aggressively, and I just loved it. And after that, I just kind of had the bluegrass bug. Wow. And uh, yeah. How old were you when that happened? I was 10. And wow. you know, after that, I had an uncle who like gave me the uh, Tales from the Acoustic Planet, uh, 
to the Tales to the Bluegrass Sessions at Bale Black Record with Sam Bush and Jerry That's Douglas. So good. Funny, right? you know? Yeah, man. It's like the best ever. And then I found out about Del McCurry band and it was like like pretty quick after seeing Ricky and just that blowing my mind. It was like I just anything that was bluegrass I could get my hands on. It was I'd go to Walmart and buy like these uh you used to buy like these compilation albums that would have like twenty five different songs from different artists, you know, throughout the years and you know, just anything I could find that was bluegrass, so I would just listen to it. Hello out there. Yes, we're out there, everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McLean. Together we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimba the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much! We'll be seeing you! You're at home, like, trying to play the mandolin parts from all these... Yeah. I, I, I could see it, man. That's I, so young, though. That 10 years old to, like, get sprung on something like that, and... I, I'm hearing through this whole conversation, kudos to your both your parents Hell yeah. for yeah. like introducing and, and putting such a love of music in there for you because that I'm I just started learning how to play the banjo in October. Um I fell in love with it last summer um at Northwest String Summit. Um that is one of the best like unfortunately it's it's over now, but one of the best um festivals that we've ever been to for bluegrass and i we weren't even really on the bluegrass radar that's what he was saying six years ago i mean there's been a lot of bluegrass happening over before six years ago but six years ago seemed to really have been like this renaissance or a revival or something that happened and when i was able to kind of distinctly hear the sound of the banjo i realized like holy shit like i love that sound like I yeah. love the way that that specific instrument sounds and like it's hard because I I n- don't have a bluegrass background as far as like what I used to listen to. I love a lot of bluegrass now, but like so when they say like play what you love, play the songs that you like, that's almost impossible to do with the banjo unless you're really trained and you can kind of like, you know, translate it, you know, but like one of the things that I love is the sound of bluegrass because it also kind of sounds like flamenco or like classical guitar. And it has these Uh like really complex ways of treating music that can sound so like um, polished and yet so like fast and kind of like, feverish and raw and all over the place so how did you come to um to play the banjo you know Corey? like did you start you started out with something else right in the band um or was it always banjo well um i think the reason that that i played guitar uh for a couple shows in the very beginning i mean it was hardly a band you know in the beginning right um but was because ryan cavanaugh was the guy that got the gig and he was just looking for a, a weekly thing for extra cash and to be able to play more and, you know, in town. Yeah. Um, 
uh, a lot of a lot of guys look for that, you know, uh, when you live in town. You know, it's just a lot easier. But uh, no, I started I started playing banjo when I was seven. Okay, like, so it's always been your seven. Wow. Wow. Yep. Yep. And uh, yeah. So, but but I love playing guitar. Um, and I do it whenever I whenever I can. But I focus on banjo. Like that's what I like study and try to really you know be the best i can be right on so, i respect that it's a it's a beautiful complex instrument yeah. i mean bo- both all both both all of all instruments <laughs> every yeah. instrument is is that way but I, like i said i just love i have i favor that sound and that kind yeah. of percussive hollow taint twiny love that yeah there's yeah. there's definitely um it's its own animal and and you know what like i've toyed on and off of playing guitar my whole life and and a couple of years ago like really decided okay you know what I'm gonna learn this thing I'm gonna learn how to flat pick and anybody that can play bluegrass well is like a superhero to me I I don't it's incomprehensible how somebody can be that good and practice well having you guys mm-hmm. here like for young musicians that are coming up that are striving to be good. Like if you could go back and tell your 15 year old self, some advice that you know now, what would you say? Wow. Yeah. Great question. Never thought about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause you're yeah. the elder now. Yeah. You know, you're an elder in this, in this industry. You're those heavy cats. Yeah. I would, I would tell myself to maybe stop being, Hyper focused on the the type of sound I was trying to to get out at that time, um, and to to be more uh, open, you know. Like I got I got like really heavily into jazz in college, and uh, and you know, you know all all the great jazz guys. I mean, it, it was and still is a huge phase for me. I mean, I'm heavily influenced uh by that stuff mm-hmm. but uh but um you know it kind of goes back to uh it kind of goes back to what you were saying um you know all the instruments have the same all american western instruments have the same notes you know they all have the same notes on them so you can play any anything on any of the instruments so you know, maybe I would tell myself to focus more on that. Yeah. Um, wow. Music as a whole instead of one thing. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Wow. Make music. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's tough, man. Like <clears throat> expressing yourself honestly without an instrument in your hands is difficult. As just as a human being on planet Earth to be authentic and express yourself from the heart all the time is a very difficult thing. But then you yeah. add an instrument into the mix. And if that's where you're coming from, if that's what you want to do, express yourself from the heart. There's a, a huge barrier to entry to getting to that point. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? Like to be able to be expressive through your instrument takes a shit ton of work man oh yeah well you have to you have to be a copycat for mm-hmm. for the first 
several, if not many years, you have to learn the stuff, how it has been done, note for note. And then you start to get into, into their heads, you know, like the people that played it, you know, you get a glimpse of how they hear music inside of themselves or how they feel it. Or, you know, it, I mean, it's like, it's a deep, deep ocean. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, 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 I mean, it's, it's largely unexplored, you know, like, I don't think it, you know, and to that point, I don't think it will ever be uh, explored. Um, But, you know, fully, I don't think that that's what, uh, I don't think that's how the universe works. I think it's pretty, pretty much definitely just endless uh, possibility, uh, possibilities. Um, Yeah, but it does take a long time before you're saying anything uh, meaningful. Um, Yeah, you have to almost learn a lot, learn as much as you can for certain amount of time and once you've reached this point of learning well you never want to stop learning but there's a point where you kind of let go of trying to be all this stuff and you can kind of start branching out and learning how to sound like yourself mm-hmm. you know after you yeah. learn so much i gather all this inspiration but i spent probably the first eight years i played mandolin trying to sound like one or two people you know three people you know right like i got to this point where you know I want I want to be able to learn more. And so I had to start reaching outside of all that and start listening more and opening myself up to, to you know, more sounds, you know, sounds mm-hmm. that I was uncomfortable with and sounds that I didn't understand and kind of like, you know, it's kind of like it's kind of like drinking a, a beer, a really hoppy beer. You ever drink a real hoppy beer and you're like, I don't know. The first time you were drinking, you're like, I don't know. And you're like, I don't know. And then you're like, oh, and then then you're like, oh. <laughs> you got any more of that? Yeah. But you got a lot of, do, do a lot of stuff you don't want to do to get to what you do want to do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I know in like finding your own, I forgot who it was we talked to. was talking about like, we just were many years of copycatting and other people's music. And then, you remember this they got to a point that was like then i got to a point where i could do all that and to find my own sound and my voice i had to forget all that i had to quit listening to that and get to a point where it's like okay now i need to speak for myself it was the, it was the trey anastasio documentary right. oh yeah it wasn't us talking oh, okay to was that oh okay <laughs> yeah it was like i had to quit listening yeah. to other music to find my true feeling and voice didn't Miles Davis say something about learning theory to the, the point of like learn as much as you can and forget all of it or something like that? Yeah. Right. Just like, yeah. And, and like you got to know all the rules in order to break, break them, them yeah. you know, like a lot of those sayings are, are just, you know, trite. But if you really dig into them, it's true. Like even as a kid, forget about an instrument. Kids mimic their parents. They mimic their teachers, right. their siblings. And at a certain point, they start coming up with the things that they like. They want to wear this kind of pajama or they want to eat this food. But at first, they don't know. They're just kind of picking up information and learning and applying it. And I, I really appreciate what you were saying, Corey, a moment ago about like just kind of um, that when you were talking about the copycatting and, and getting in people's head, that really makes a lot of sense to me as far as like learning about music and like the reason and the necessity for such strong like rehearsals and practicing and, and getting into your craft in order for you to get the magic that you guys were talking about that you have with each other. 
if if y'all didn't put that time in you wouldn't yeah. be able to have that intimate conversation and real complex relationship that is all clearly feeding all of six of you you know right here's the thing if if i if i wouldn't have uh practiced as much as i did um and played as much as i did or if you hadn't have done that we wouldn't be friends yeah yeah no. that's sad we wouldn't know each other yeah we, you know, right it, it's given you a literally a, a new life, a, a, a life that an extraordinary life through through playing through playing. Yeah, that's great. You guys. So. With the you know, we were talking a little bit ago about like the resurgence of bluegrass and there's, you know, the revival going on. Is it difficult in a place like Nashville to like. Showcase what you've got because they're the pool is full of people man i think bluegrass is in this place where it's so great that more people want to play it more people want to play it all the time and you know nashville has kind of become a hub of uh of of a bluegrass scene man there's an amazing yeah there's an amazing young bluegrass scene the best i've seen anywhere uh in nashville man there's just there's so many hats you know from Guys have just graduated from schools like Berkeley to guys who you know, have been here for years now. There's like a great scene of of just bluegrass musicians here. That's the main reason I'm here. Right. Just because I get to, you know, like if I wanted to every day, I could play with like amazing musicians and not just, you know, guys that, that, uh, that, are good enough, you know, I feel like are good enough to be picking with, but guys like I'm excited to pick with and guys who like always inspire me when I play. There's so it's it's like that's the reason I'm here, man. Super lucky. Uh, I think it's a great spot for bluegrass musicians right now, especially if you are really serious about it and you you know, if you really put the time in, like it's a good place to be. All right. I yeah. I just love to see too that there's so many more uh festivals popping up for for oh, bluegrass everything like i saw i imagine this is your first time as east nash grass coming i saw you're coming to picking in the pines in flagstaff arizona yeah. is that gonna be your guys's first time uh well obviously the first time with the band now but have you all been out to the west coast and any other iterations i, I played yeah. picking in the pines last year with dan tominski okay um, and uh and yeah i mean we've gone out west a good bit i played like i said i was playing this band called the Wooks from Kentucky and they uh we we played out in Colorado a good bit um spent a good time a bit in, like the Denver area you know Boulder uh out there a good bit but as this band we hadn't done that a whole lot yeah you know we went out to uh, we played Grass Valley in California last month yeah. it was so like that. but uh yeah we're, we're doing more stuff out west is, and, uh, is there a tour on the horizon what's next yeah, there's you can go uh, to our website eastnashgrass.com, but uh, we're we're planning on being really busy next year. And there's there's some there's a couple like really really big cool shows that we can't announce yet, right? Uh, for this year, but uh, but we're doing some really cool stuff. Mm -hmm. And next month we're playing like the East Coast or We're going to like Vermont and Connecticut. Oh hell yeah! Right on. Oh uh, yeah, Cape Cod. We'll be out at Cape Cod in August. Yeah, that's all on our website, you know. So when you win that award, then then 
it's just bigger. Then and bigger you're really, really year. gonna be busy next year. <laughs> yeah. Well, we hope so. We we hope for all all of those things. Oh. Well, so for everybody listening, if you want to find out more, you can go to eastnashgrass.com, right? And uh, yeah, man, there's there's a ton of ton of stuff out there. So go go check them out. It's definitely worth your time if they uh if they come through your town. Go to the show, buy the merch, buy the ticket early. Don't sleep on Don't it. Don't buy the ticket at the door. Buy it beforehand so they know you're coming. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I, speaking of the merch, too, I love I love your guys' little logo, the the sub with the little sheep. Or lamb. The, yeah. The little stickers. Lamb. Yeah. What's our story behind that? Uh, well, you know, I started uh, talking about um, lambs a lot at D shows, and it became like a thing, uh, you know, like, I had some lambs uh, for a while and like in my backyard and uh, it was just this whole saga and uh, it, you know, and the it's saga of it's the lambs. Still going, still going strong. So heck yeah. Right. Okay. So last, last question. I've, I've been uh, asking this before we, Wait, leave well, our cause you're going to, yeah, you're going to let me ask what, did you say earlier, you said new albums coming out. Is there a release date yet? Or August 18th. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Very soon. Yeah. Okay, cool. Perfect. All right. So it's three in the morning and you've been out partying. All right. And uh, you're hungry and you go to the grocery store and you find yourself in the cereal aisle of the grocery store at three o'clock in the morning. What crappy cereal are you grabbing to take home with you? Hmm. That's very That's specific. A great question. Really great question. Are we both there at the same time? No, no, no. You are not. You're you. You showed up. Possibly, or you could be. Possibly, you're both in the cereal aisle. How much money do we have? Like we have enough for one box. No, you've got you've got enough for two. Two boxes. Okay, man. I might go. uh, I might go Cookie Crisp and uh, Reese's uh, Puffs. Reese's Puffs. Mm -hmm. Solid choice. Uh, I might. I don't know uh, because I despise. Breakfast and brunch. I really hate brunch. You would really like raisins. Really? Okay. I, yeah. You know what? I probably would actually go for something like raisin bran and meaties. Yeah. See, I would try to take more of a holistic approach. <laughs> I, you know, I don't want... I don't want the MSG or whatever. <laughs> right on, Corey. That's right. Yeah. Three in the morning or not, take care of yourself. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Wait a minute. Uh, I said that was the last question. I lied. I got. Why do you despise brunch? What's wrong with brunch? You would hate Portland. <laughs> I don't like anything about brunch. I don't like the time, uh, the mimosas. <laughs> I don't like. I don't like thistleberry uh, egg bites or whatever. I don't. I don't want. I don't want an omelet. I don't want like parsley. Like I don't. I don't like the people. At <laughs> I don't like the people that make it. I don't like the names of the establishments that, that are brunch places. I don't like how you can't change anything out. Like, no, sorry, no we substitutions. I don't know the whole thing. And then it's like it's also an unneeded meal. It's just like I don't know. Second breakfast. That's a good rundown. That was, yeah, man. That's you, solid. You actually, like thought about this for real. Oh, yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm being very serious. No, I know I, you are. I, I, yeah, I got it. It's great. Well, you and the way, like Aaron said, you would you would hate it here in Portland. 
brunch. brunch is on, of brunch. It's a huge hey, thing up here. Hey, People hey, wait in line hey, for an hour or more to get into brunch. It's like, oh uh, no, I, Apple, I'd find you, and and I would ask you, hey, where's the nearest like, uh, you know, country cooking restaurant? Yeah, diner, or, a little. Or, or, or authentic tacos, like street tacos, you know. I, okay, you know, I, we can hook you up with that. Yeah, we got you covered, yeah. man. Um, yeah. That's hilarious. If y'all uh, decide to come out west and you come up to the Pacific Northwest, um, please let us know, man. Yeah, hit us up. We will. And uh, whenever you guys have anything to promote, we're here. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. we got we love to host. We got a nice big place. We've we've actually the uh, biggest band we've had here is nine people. Nine people. Um, and you know, just to, yeah, you ever make it up this way, we'd love to host you, give you a place to do laundry and not have to sleep in a van or a hotel and we love yeah, that. yeah, yeah, man. And some picking on the patio. There you go. No. <laughs> Small price to pay. Yeah. Yes. Mel, Mel gets a banjo lesson. <laughs> <laughs> right on you guys. Oh, right Enjoy on. the rest of your Sunday y'all. Yeah, tell the best the rest of the band hi. I, I love I love this that the rest of the band wasn't present because now they got to listen to this to find out oh, what yeah. you guys talked about. But tell them we all said hi. We love what you guys are doing, man. And we love Maddie. We I just wanted to say that oh, she's, she's a amazing, and Ooh. I just wanted to throw that out there. Pretty dang good, y'all. I mean, yeah. come on. Pretty dang good. Gorgeous, talented, on fire. What else do you need? <laughs> Enjoy your Sunday, gentlemen. Thanks, Thanks guys. guys. Salt of the earth human beings right there. Aww. That is great seriously. sense of humor. That that southern charm. Oh my God, I humor love that brunch really wrap came up. through. That was great. He sat forward and had He's a, right. had a whole yeah. He had a whole rundown. I no don't substitutions. The, it's unnecessary. I don't like, like, Why are you adding alcohol in the morning with OJ? It's an I don't unnecessary it. meal. It's in between. I actually meals. had a mimosa this it's, morning. Isn't it? I mean, that's isn't that part of the reason that we named it Blunch? Because we didn't like the name. Because we didn't like Because brunch it's, it's was kind of overdone. Brunch is just like. And but the, it's and like a whole culture. The, and the little egg it's bite. It's definitely I don't a thing. egg bites. <laughs> yeah. Dude, he freaking wants biscuits and gravy, a coffee, and toast. Leave he, it alone. No, he, he does not. He's not down with any breakfast food, he said. Oh, that's right. Yeah, well, bis- biscuits coffee. and gravy, that's. Uh, I would Is that like, considered a breakfast food? Biscuits and gravy? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but like that's not like eggs and pancakes and like waffles and bacon. And he sounded like he was down. Like you say, he's odd find you apple and I'd ask you where the country diner is. That's it. Like he'd probably like 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 screen well, I don't know, screen screen doors. Yeah, that's true. No, he he needs to not be in Portland for food. Yeah. (laughs) I guess you'd go to like Black Bear (laughs) Diner. No, he's gonna hook up the raisin bran and and his street. Yeah, just have that. I uh I am Always impressed with all the musicians that we have on the show. But when we talk to bluegrass musicians, because I am trying to learn how to play bluegrass, it amazes me that anybody can do it. It's, it really is like a superpower to be able to do. Think about the neck on a mandolin. There's one sitting right over there. Yeah, how small. It's tiny. That neck is tiny. And they shred that fucking oh. thing. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, and he's well, shredding in the videos. Think about a flute. To, to hear somebody play so fast because they're watching their videos, he is jamming on the mandolin, but he's like, I'm not that fast compared to others. <laughs> it's like, how fast can it get without the instrument? Like, like all the strings just rip off and... Yep. It, 
And then the other question that I have that they couldn't possibly have answered is when you're a musician and you have like reached a certain level of competency on your instrument, when do you realize that you have become one of those heavy cats? Never. If you're humble. You don't think that Billy Strings knows that he's he's a heavy, always thinking heavy he's le- he said it, he's always got something to learn, always something to improve on. Everybody knows that he's great. He probably knows that he's great, but doesn't think like that in his head. Uh-huh. Like there's really a way where people like like it's like um I'm thinking about your dad. Like it was an amazing feat what he did. He could sit down in one day and write like an entire play screenplay. Yeah. That's normal to him. He doesn't think he's magnificent for that. He knows that he can do it and he does it. He's not like patting himself on the back. He just was capable. Was doing it. Yeah, he was capable. And so same thing with other, like, look at what you do. You create an entire show, put it out. You've been doing it for six years. That's an incredible accomplishment. You're not walking around and being like, I'm podcast king. Like, <laughs> no, you, no, I'm not. you know what well, I mean? Like, it, that's a really incredible achievement. All the interviews that we've had with these fantastic human beings to edit them down, get a photo, put it out. And so like, there's all these steps. Right. That's a huge feat. But you're not puffed your chest up. Like, no. So well, I, people I do when, want a crown now that you said And that, I, I think knowing, too, comes from because as humans, we're just naturally unsure of ourselves. And that's yeah. why, like that, like, like with the band that you're close friends with, you would realize that through. So kind of like you and Cody playing with Cody being like, oh, my God, dude, you nailed that part. And then you go, oh, shit, I did. Kind of like dressing up. We, we try to do our best to go out and look presentable. But until somebody compliments you on what you've done or what you're doing, you don't quite, you're just like, we're humans. Like just kind of like, allowed. okay, I'm going to stumble yeah. into the day. And then when somebody compliments you, mm-hmm. then you're like, oh shit. Okay. I, I, I know I did. I know I accomplished what I was trying right. to. I got you. You're not allowed to see behind your ear. You just, there's certain places on your body you can't see. There's also certain things about yourself that I feel like you can't see. You're like certain you know, you, you're not allowed to know how beautiful you really are, how funny you really are. Like, well, then what about those people that are like, I'm the shit. They're phony and they're and, faking it till they make it mm, and they okay. are conceited or whatever. Yeah, probably like, arrogant and probably don't yeah. have a lot of friends and people to. And they probably know. aren't all that. They just say it. And so people <laughs> believe it. It's a crazy world. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, hopefully I, when you're the, the dopest one in the room, you're not saying it. I, I have and if to, you're only dope to yourself, what good is that? That's you know, boring. you want to, yeah, you want to have friends and family and, you know, people like that. If you, if you just are yourself being, I'm dope. <laughs> and that's <laughs> it's the, like, the, the other thing that we touched you? on a little bit in, in the conversation with them is how fortunate they are to have found each other musically and that it clicks like that. I mean, I really do feel like that is like, Hitting the lottery in a you lot of You hit the lottery. I know. It is hitting the lot. Think about the conversations you never could have had if you did not have that instrument with that person. It's, you can't yeah, it's have crazy. that song. You can't have that joke. You can't have that expression. Like it is a really, music is so special. It and, is so special. And uh, Corey's family, I mean. They hooked him up. Hooked him up. So, well, yeah. so did Harry. Him and his brother, like, look, 
it just goes to show that like if you're a parent and you encourage musicality in your children, you're really giving them something beautiful. And I, I think that or they just sound like they had excellent parenting on both sides. Yeah. But I think that we're in a time, at <laughs> least from where I'm sitting, where like that old mindset of like, well, you can play the guitar, but you better have a backup. You mm. better go to school for something else. The people that I know in our circles are not like that. And I don't think that that. Thank God. Yeah. I feel like that's that's, kind of like an old mentality that like to be grown out of, you know, not that that people don't ever think that that anymore. seems to be kind of, to me, it kind of strikes me as a mentality that's not as deep rooted in the South and stuff like that. Like being a musician is a real possibility. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Like there, there's a lot more, especially with country and bluegrass and stuff. Like you go do that. You go do that. You dedicate. You're not not like, okay, but you better have a backup plan. You pick on the back porch on Sunday. I think maybe just more family musicians involved in the South with that kind of music. Like parents encouraging their kids to like give anything their all should be a standard. Whatever their kids into give it all your might unless you don't want to do that you know what i mean like you want to play soccer you love it then let's give it all your might like not like backup plan i think parents we just we want to be good to our kids we want to like say helpful things we don't realize some stuff crushes their dreams you know sometimes we put our foot in our mouth and maybe those things plan b isn't necessarily to like hurt our kid or dis you know discourage them but like it could be from themselves. Like, you know, I didn't put a hundred percent into it. So you're trying to like, you know, maybe you're save your kid from something. Right. You want them uh. to be okay. I think that when you have a backup plan that gives you an excuse to not give the other thing a hundred percent. It can. And, and if you have everything to lose, you've got more skin in the game. Absolutely. And th- that's, I think what we see here in East Nash grass didn't even seem like a choice. No, but guys that have like given it everything and ladies that have given it everything that they have. And, uh, I think all of you out there are going to be stoked when you go down the rabbit hole with them, go watch their stuff on YouTube, eastnashgrass.com. Like I said, if they come to your town, go see them. It's worth it. If there's a way that you can vote for them, um, go to their website and do it and support yours open for the schmear campaign. That's right. (laughs) Um, and then we will be back. On Monday with another edition of the No Simple Road Weekly Rewind produced in collaboration with the Edible Beats out of Denver. Edible Beats. Uh, Yeah. And until then, smile at a stranger. Take care of each other. Safety third. Hydrate. Who's got our SOs? Who's got our SOs? And uh, we will be back. Love you guys. Take care. Awesome. Awesome. Peace. Bye. Look up Fubal.
well as a fear. We've traveled this road before, so we may think. But it's a tad bit of strange similarities that feed an A equal A complex. The fears of your past do not equal the perplexities of the current road. Bowie, Dylan, Marley, you've heard the names and maybe you've heard their songs, but what about the stories behind the records that made titans of music like these so universally loved and important? Join me, Josh Adam Myers, host of The 500, as each week I go through a different album from Rolling Stone Magazine's 500 Greatest Albums list from 2012 with an incredible lineup of comedians, actors, and musicians talking about how the music has impacted their lives. New episodes of The 500 come out every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.